0: So how is everyone? Yeah? Was the week, did the week have different content than what you were expecting? (laughs) Did you come for a week on uh, fasting, diets and biohacking? And you get a week on (laughs) Nephilim, pole shifts, Back through creation, creations, oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so what we've been doing is laying a platform, and the platform is for one reason, is that the human body is, well the battle is for the human body, and now we understand why, and the, I don't know how to express this, the the hidden narrative of Scripture, which is so plainly there. And you're being clearly robbed from, robbed of, has been removed from our consciousness. But once seen can't be unseen. And you can see it so clearly now. And you understand what happened in Genesis 1 to 11, five falls, which is the halfway point of the Bible. And then Genesis 12 to now, <laughs> to now. <laughs> Genesis 12 is the end of the Bible. It's another 2,000 years. And from end of the Bible to now, 2,000 years. 6,000 years, six days. We're going into the seventh day, which is rest. If you're here now, I believe you agreed to be here now. Yep. So you don't need to fear anything coming on the earth. You have to be as scared of it as the risen Christ is scared of it. Yep. Yep. Your soul has never seen it before, and that's okay. But you are not your soul. You are your soul, but you're not your soul. And you feel trepidation, don't feel condemned. Just think, oh, that's interesting. There's an area in my soul that has not experienced God's faithfulness and goodness yet. But it will. And when you do, you get a new record. Your DNA changes. Your frequency set changes. Your cellular memory changes. What you are changes. You begin to transfigure, become to look like your spirit man. And that's what's happening. And we have seen that the Old Testament was a battle to contain this so that Mary could be of a lineage that could receive the Messiah. And now you understand the Old Testament <laughs> to prepare for the Messiah. But the Old Testament's a battle to prepare Mary to say, Not my word but yours. Nothing is impossible with God. Not my word but yours. And then we see the New Testament. And Yesterday we went through just how Jesus addressed all these things. Yep. And today we're going to see a bit more of Jesus versus the giants. A.K.A. Jesus picks a fight. Yep. Because that's the attitude we need to have. What's coming now on the earth. And just so you know with you and God there are things you can say God, on behalf of my nation I ask that doesn't happen. And you can say yes. But some things are decided because their sin is full and that system must come down for the sake of the next generation. It can't hurt one more generation. When that system comes down That transition affects everybody. And if you, as a son of God, are connected in your security to those systems, you will shake as much as they shake. And that's okay. You've never... You've always had Walmart. That's not... How dare you rely on Walmart? (laughs) Okay? It's not a problem. But when Walmart goes, or their supply chain goes, and you can't get to Walmart was a four-hour lineup for chicken at Walmart? Where's your soul then? And they, then, you, then you find out. We didn't know beforehand. there's no, nothing wrong with that, you know? There's lots of things. if you've never seen it, it's not a problem. but you will see it. We will see it. You'll, hear, you'll feel your soul's response and go, "Wow, wow, I'm really scared right now. That area of my soul has not yet seen the faithfulness of God in that area. And now's the chance. So <laughs> you can voluntarily walk across these things, but sometimes the clock catches up with you, and it might happen very quickly. But we know we have a faithful Father, and all the things that say God would not do that for me is a record of another Father. And it's just interesting because you're you're righteous. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So the things of me and go. God would do that for me. God would do that for me. Oh, he wouldn't do that for me. And then terror comes in. You want to reach with your own hand for an answer. Yeah? And that impulse, that moment, now you recognize it. You say, how do I get out of that situation? We're going to see that tonight, at the end. But the bowels for the human body. And the environment's speaking to you, preaching to you. And what's it saying? You will die. All fear is fear of death. Relational death, financial death, relationship death, opportunity death. It's a fear of death. And God wants to break the fear of death off you. Okay? That's your overcoming. That's the final overcoming. You're overcoming this and this and this and this. And you want to overcome that. or, or These two together, basically. Breaking the fear of death off you. If you don't fear death, the devil doesn't have a hold on you. because You hold bondage to the devil by your fear of death. And you don't fear death, there's nothing they can do. Take your food, take your identity, take your money. So what? They've got nothing that you need. But if they have something that you need, then you'll trade for it. And i will take away a bit of your... Self-control, self ability to make decisions, which gives them control, which is a witchcraft. And it squeezes you down as a human being, and you have to sign contracts and make vows about you yourself, finances, and bring control. But that's not you. <laughs> You're a life-giving spirit. You're a spirit. You live like a spirit. But we here, we chose to be here during this generation. And all the resources you need to be an overcomer in this generation are yours. They've just got your name on it, and they're accessed by believing a word. That's how they're accessed. <laughs> That's what God wants to do to be just be believed. How am I get out of this situation? God says, believe an invisible promise. Make a call on my character. By having been a good Christian, it's not about you making a call on my character. in fact you' being a really good Christian that'll probably get in your way because you think you deserve it. <laughs> right? just it doesn't matter. Even the worst or the best you still make a call in his character. and you receive from him is a credit to you as, to you as righteousness. He came from heaven. he can't be taken from you. We're spirit beings we live by the word. Even our physical body is nourished by the Word. Yep. All right. Let's watch the last Bible project. <laughs> have you enjoyed them? Yeah. They're good, yeah? All right. We'll do it. That's the one. All right. Welcome to the last night. I can't imagine what you've been through over the last four days. All the things you saw and have heard. <laughs> And now, you're finishing with this. Tonight, we're going to do Jesus versus the Giants, Transfiguration, the Antichrist, and Living off the Invisible Word. (laughs) Would you go to that conference if you you put that on the title? (laughs) We had to uh, call it biohacking just to get you here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're seeing how Jesus is fixing up these situations and doing it very well. And we saw many things. I just want to show you some more. What we're doing down, what we're doing now is laying an absolute foundation, just so we know about the DNA from the start. The overcovering, covering over-hovering over, over of, of Satan, his fall as, as a hev- heavenly being. Yep. And he hates the Father. He's given to death. And then Adam and Eve, instead of waiting for the promise, reached with our own hand to take something, took his fruit, his seed, came under his covering, and that nature's in them. Yep. Let me saw Cain was of the evil one. Okay? He's of his father, the evil one. That does, doesn't mean that Satan slept with Mary and had a physical child. It means he presents that nature. Yep. Presents that nature. And he murdered someone. We'll see it. I say that because that's how Jesus uh, expresses it as well. Yep. And then... We saw that oh, they went through and were clearing the land of giants when their sin was full. Well, not before they were full. You know, uh, Abraham couldn't kill the Amorites. Their sin wasn't full yet. Okay? But later, I think that Moses or Joshua, Joshua has to kill the Amorites. Yep. He has to go and take them out. <laughs> yep. Because their sin was full then. So we can see what's happening. Lots of trading, trading. And God wants everyone to turn turn to him, turn to goodness, turn to a good father. But they don't. So he picks a nation for himself to express this. What's it like? All these gods have their own Elohim. But what's it like for a nation to have an Elohim of Elohim? The big guy. What's he really like? He's a good, loving father that loves life. He lays in a marriage contract to make him a peculiar people, a separate people, a royal priesthood, separate and live under blessing and live under rest without sickness or disease. That was supposed to be a whole nation without sickness or disease who lived in rest and the great provision who lent from no nation but burrow, uh, borrowed from no nation but lent to many. All these things like that. And that was an offer. But they, they couldn't handle it. They kept reaching with their own hand. They kept turning away, turning to golden calves, turning to other nations, turning to idols rather than believing God would do what he said he would do. The God which they had no statue of. They wanted a statue like other nations. In fact, they wanted a king. And God's like, please don't have a king. Just accept me. So they said, no, we want a king like other nations. They wanted to taste, touch, see. They didn't believe an invisible God would look after them. They wanted to be like the other nations. want to use their flesh and engage and sacrifice and trade rather than just receive. And it cost them. And we see that the uh, uh, ten tribes went north. Remember north? North is bad. (laughs) North is Mount Hermon. North is where Dan and Ephraim were. North is Cana. North is where Baal's from. Yep. North is the gates of hell. And then the last two tribes end up going into Babylon. Now we saw Daniel have his dream. And then Babylon is run by an Elohim, the prince of Persia. And then Daniel's there asking for help. Another heavenly being has to come in. He's resisted. <laughs> so we can see how it's all happening. Yep. And the trouble is it mixes up human DNA. It messes us up. So we need the plan. And the plan was start again with a brand new son, the monogenes, the unique son of God. There's lots of Benoit Elohim going around. Lots of sons of God. This one's unique. He is literally of Yahweh. El Elyon, the great, most high God, (laughs) the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods. This guy has his own son, not a created being, his own son. His word has become flesh, and that's his own son. Yep. And that starts a new, pure, heavenly line of beings. And then the seed that made that heavenly line of beings, the Word of Jesus Christ, is the same seed that you receive when you believe it. And then, that is now your new nature. And all we're doing is letting that seed grow up in us. That's all we're doing. Yeah. And it works by promises. How do you partake in the divine nature? By promises. By a word. Which has nothing to do with your morality has everything to do on making a call on his goodness. Morality has an effect on the earth. Okay? Make decisions, things happen. But it doesn't change the way God treats you. you. Make a call on his character alone. That's faith. And that's accredited to you as righteousness. But if you think your morality achieved it, it's accredited to you as wages and your reward is on the earth. All right. So we see that Jesus cleaned all this up. He's done a very good job. So like Noah, the birth of Noah signified the end of the watchers. Jesus' birth signifies the end of them and all their line. What he's doing is giving them an opportunity to choose him through us. Like Israel was a good nation, it was supposed to be a good nation. That's us. What's life like forgiven in intimate knowledge and unity with Yahweh himself? With a new heart given by him. Yep. But we haven't really done that because it hasn't been framed up that way. It's been framed up, receive Christ, behave as good as you can, and you will die and go to heaven. And who cares about that? <laughs> in fact, Christian life and worldly life are very similar. How can that be? We're different species of being. How can it be so similar? Well, we've given a poor gospel. because The gospel is the power to salvation. You need to understand what the gospel has done for us. We literally are born again from above the beloved son. And that is what gives you access to God and your confidence to live and move and breathe in him. And that results in your actions on the earth, which would be a lot more amazing if we knew that from the start. Imagine 2,000 years of believing the gospel. What would the church be like now? Yep. All right. So we can bring up Matthew 4, 35-41. We're just following the narrative now. We're looking at what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing. We're still cleaning up DNA. We're still uniting the nations. We're still taking care of the five falls of Genesis. And Jesus is picking a fight. That's what he's doing. Uh, uh, 35 to 41, or to the end? Maybe there is no 41. <laughs> 40? <laughs> or you just bring up Matthew 4 and scroll down to 35. All right. Oh, hang on. All right. That's right. Oh. No, that's right. Can't be Mark. Matthew 4. Hang on. Maybe it's Mark. Just go down to the bottom again. Yeah, let's try Mark then. Let's bring up Mark 4. Sometimes I write, write my notes by memory. I think I know what that is. That's, that's the one. All right. Jesus calms a storm. I'm just calming a storm right now. <laughs> Jesus calms a storm. On that day when the evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. Okay. Jesus is shifting areas. We can show you the map where this happens, but we won't do that now. He's shifting across. He's moving across another area. Okay he gone from an Israelite area, which is still under God Most High, even though the Romans are there. He's shifting to a place where they have stopped worshipping Yahweh. Another land. He's heading north. And, when, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves are breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. So what's happening? They're taking a boat, and they're going into land. ...of another Elohim. So a storm whips up. Okay, it's a demonic storm. That Elohim has power over their area. The people have given him power over their area. And so they're trying to resist him. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. (laughs) And awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind. And said to the sea, Peace... Be still. All right? So, Lord Most High just took out little lords. Yep. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's go to Mark 5. Mark 5, 1 to 17. So we're moving straight on, remember there's no chapters in the Bible. Okay, this is one narrative. <laughs> so they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. All right, they've moved to a different section. And when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. What are unclean spirits? Disembodied nephilim spirits. Okay. And it ran to him. Why? he calmed the storm. He knows what's going on. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. So he's supernaturally strong. And he had often been bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart. He broke the shackles in pieces. No one had strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out in a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? He knows who that guy is. didn't watch it on the news, on Twitter. This is the first time and only time Jesus goes up here. This guy comes along. The storm protecting the Nephilim in the area gets defeated. Jesus steps onto the land, very important he says, steps onto the land this unclean spirit knows exactly what's happening right now. This whole narrative that we just learnt or relearned or rediscovered which was just general knowledge for probably 4,000 years Okay. we somehow have lost it you can see exactly what's happening. Jesus Son of the Most High God. Okay? We know what's going on. Son of the Most High God. Uh, I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. Because he knows what's going to happen when the time is up. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. (laughs) Can you see? Elohim have land. Nephilim have land. Demons have land. Don't send us out of this area. Okay? And Jesus is cleaning up geographic land and human land. Yep. This is what we do. What we do. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there in the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us into the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, this is, this is um, that would be great to see, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen f- fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that happened. Now we, know, we know they're not Jews. Why? 2,000 pigs, all right, so, okay, it's, a, it's an area to worship other crew, yeah, they're not following the law, their body is not protected, hence, legion, Yep. Yeah. and they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid, and those who had seen it described to them what had happened, and the demon-possessed man entered the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart their region. Yeah? Fascinating, isn't it? All right. Matthew. Really, I believe it's going to be Matthew this time. Matthew 16, 13 to 24. Very good. And can you bring up that map? We'll do that map now. Same map as last time. All right, Jesus has gone right up the top there. And why is he gone up the top there? Perfect, thank you. Because what's up there? Mount Hermon, okay? And then cross up the top, what else happens? Jesus heals the Canaanite woman's daughter through a word. Yep, that's what he's doing. He's going north to make a statement. The Son of God's gone north. He's gone up to where the tribe of Dan lived, and they're gone. Where Ephraim lived, and they're gone. Where Baal was worshipped, and where the gates of hell were on Mount Hermon. And he's going to Mount Hermon <laughs> for a reason. He's gone north. <laughs> All right, back to the Scripture. Then when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, does it section we saw just then? He asked the disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say I am? That's always the question, okay? For every individual human. Some of you replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. We're making a distinction here. Okay? This is who you are. You're not some other guy, you're not an anointed guy, you're not a magician, okay? you're not having traded with demons to get some clever powers, you are the son of the most high. Yep. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. This guy told him, yep. and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, or I like to say will not withstand it. There's a lot of argument about that, but for me, clearly, not withstand it. And where are they? Mount Hermon. On Mount Hermon, we saw yesterday the picture, the gates of hell, and you can go there now. Yep, the gates of hell will not prevail. So he's saying he's right there amongst the gods, making a point. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and wherever you, whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven that he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show the disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Who's he going to? He's going back amongst people who are controlled by the beast system, as we saw just before. Yep. And he's, instead of defeating him, he's going to let them defeat him. He's going to take it all into himself. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but the things of men. Okay. What's happening now? The record in Peter of taste, touch and see. He wants a king with him in the flesh, to overcome things. Yep. So it's not, that's not sound bad, okay? But it's not of the Word. It's not of the Spirit. He wants Jesus to stay. And Jesus calls that Satan. And Satan's rebuked, out, met, out met Mount Hermon, yep. And also, that record in Peter is rebuked. And we'll see that later. Okay? Very important, very important. And Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Great. Right. John 8, 39 to 47. Jesus said, I've got to go to Jerusalem to see some people. (laughs) Who's he going to go see? He's going to go see the priest class. Do you know what? This seed line loves power. It loves control. And it loves religion. It loves creating distinction between Nico and laity, head and laity, priest and laity. It loves standards. It loves self-righteousness. This is the nature of having Satan as your father. Rather than a family received as a gift, acceptance received as a gift. So just what we're seeing now is that Jesus is directly addressing Genesis 1 to 11. Yep. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Who the, the Levites and the Sadducees, whoever that, the script is at this time. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing the works that Abraham did. I.e., if Abraham's your father, his nature will be expressed in you. We'll see this over and over again. The nature that you express, you're expressing that is your father. Okay? Now, if you receive Christ, Yahweh is your father. And we have to express his nature. Okay? You're already righteous and clean. So relax. (laughs) No one here is the son of Satan. All right. But what we're learning is just how detestable it is. Idolatry is adultery to him, okay? And religion is to express the nature of Satan, which brings death. And that's how much We should be repulsed by it. That's why Paul says, if anyone preaches a different gospel than this, even the angel from heaven, may they be eternally condemned. You receive by believing alone. Start to finish. That's why he's so furious about it. Yeah, He calls it witchcraft. Any other gospel outside, you receive the Holy Spirit and receive freely from heaven because you believed, any other gospel is witchcraft. if someone preaches it, he says, may they be anathema, wiped out. It needs to be that offensive to us. You only receive because you believe the word. Yeah. They answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing the works Abraham did. You express the nature of your father. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Okay? You're not expressing the nature of that man, so he's not your father. You are doing the works that your father did, they said to him. We are not born of the sexual... Make sure I got that right. They said to him, we're not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Because that's the nature of that father. Okay? God is your father. You are love. You will love light and spirit like your dad. If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Okay? Another metaphor. They're expressing the nature of hasatan. They want to kill, they're for religion, they want to separate, and when a loving father is in front of them, or the loving son, the exact representation of the father, murder comes. Same as Satan. You, you did this to me. I want to destroy him, I want to take his throne. And they get an opportunity to take his throne. Yep, and that's the crucifixion. And they go for it. <laughs> it's because you cannot bear to hear my word, you are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. It does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. That's pretty harsh, yeah. That's as harsh as Enoch's book. Yep. You've heard God's word and you've believed it. Guess what? You are of God. Ah, <sighs> relax, everyone. It's gonna be alright. Yep. Matthew twelve thirty three to thirty five. Either make the tree good, and its fruit is good, or make the tree bad, and its fruit is bad. What's he talking about? You express your seed. Yep. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. What's he saying? You're snakes, like your father the devil. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of the good treasures brings forth good. And the evil person of the tr- evil treasures brings forth evil. You sp- express your nature. Yep. And now you know that. What is your nature? What's your true nature? You've been born again. Remember, the Sermon on the Mount describes you. It's who you are. Forgiveness is your nature. Blessing your enemies is your nature. Setting rain on the good and the evil is your nature. You've already got it. Love, light, and spirit is your nature. All you're doing is hearing a word, another frequency, another seed. Is going to this set that you are. If you believe it, it overrides it by the foolishness of preaching. Could we go to Matthew eight twenty nine. I just threw this in there because the book of Enoch, not scripture, but true. Okay? And behold, they cried out, What have you do, got to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time, before the appointed time? Okay, that's a direct reference to Enoch. Yep. They'll put aside for an appointed time. Yep. So I'll throw it in there. Okay, yesterday we saw in John fourteen thirty one. we won't go there, Jesus says, the prince of the world is coming, okay, an authority here, but he has nothing in common with me. We're going to see that, nothing in common in our DNA, nothing in common in us, yep. All right, let's go to John 10, 25 to 38, and you'll recognize this. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. That's pretty harsh, yeah? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. That's you. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's you. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Okay, it's just claimed equivalence with the Lord Most High. Why? Because he called him Father. Then Jesus says to you, call God Father. You're of this family. The Jews picked up stones to stone him. Why? Murder. It was also the law, <laughs> that's their interpretation. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, Is it not a good work that we are going to stone you but for blasphemy? Because you, being a man, make yourself God. Which God? This one. Okay? And correct. And that's what we do as well. <laughs> Jesus answered them, It is not written in your law. I said, you are God's. Here we go. Remember this, Psalm 82, God's bringing it up. Remember this, remember this council that happened? And the Elohim were given land in Deuteronomy 32, they talk about that. And some of them messed it up, and they didn't do, they didn't do well, they did wicked things, and they traded with these people, and Elohim came up and dobbed on them, and then God made the judgment. You guys, I said you were gods, but now you will die like men. And what Jesus is saying, they know that, they know this divine council, He's saying he's, he's equating these people who are not his sheep with these gods. Yep, that's what he's doing. He's bringing up this time. Jesus answered them, "Is it not written in your law? I said you are gods. If you called them gods to whom the word of God came, these guys. Okay, if you called these guys gods, the scripture and the scripture cannot be broken." Do you save him who the Father consecrated, Jesus, and sent into the world? You are blaspheming because he said, I am the Son of God. So what he's saying is, by your scriptures, God called these little Elohims gods. Okay, they're your scriptures. Okay, and now I'm the Son of God. What's your problem with that? I came from the Father. I am God. If these little gods can be gods, how about why is it blasphemy for me to be God? I came from the Father; I'm one with Him. If I'm not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. I'm expressing this nature. Yeah. Once again, Jesus is referencing. That divine counsel we saw earlier, one of the many we saw earlier. Unless we understand this, (laughs) we don't understand what's happening in the scriptures. Yep. All right, can we bring up 1 John 3 11 to 12? Love one another. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one. Yep. What's the opposite of that? Murder? Love. What's love? To lay your life down for someone else, rather than take it. So now we know. That's the opposite. And murder his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Right. Okay, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen to twenty. Go therefore make disciples of all nations. Yep. We're fixing this up. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to, to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Right. Uh, probably, and Just before that, anyway, he says, and all authority has been given to me. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I wanted to make a point of. All authority has been given to him. That's what he's saying. These gods, these Elohims, over. That system is gone. It's been replaced by the monogenes, by the Son of God, all authority. And then you just see, Jesus continues. And what's the name... Of the guy that that, the, that that the court case is exchanged for Can you remember there's two guilty people I'll let one one free Barabbas, Barabbas. that's right Barabbas what does Barabbas mean Barabbas. son of the father bar son of Abba okay yep that's us we got set free the guilty ones yep. And he took sin into his body, took it into the earth. He rose and glorified, came back in that body. He was so glorified, Mary couldn't touch it at the start. What is this body though? Remember he walked on the road to Emmaus and people couldn't recognize him. Remember he walked through walls, <laughs> appeared in places, then ate food. This is the glorified body. <laughs> and that body could ascend into heaven. All right, cool. What's our response? Easy, transfiguration. Okay, you will go home. Transfiguration, changing our soul and our body to look like our spirit man. How? By believing a word. He's a good father, okay? And we're a privileged generation because we're going to get lots of opportunity coming up to believe a word of what we can taste, touch, and see. Yep. Privileged. Other generations just rolled through. Yep. Not us. We've got a great opportunity coming up. So Jesus took three people to go see him transfigure. Who were they? Peter, James and John. Correct, yep. And what do Peter, James and John have in common? Yes, old fishermen? Yep. Let's look at, uh, let's look at um, Luke 9, 46 to 56. We're about to find out who could go do it. Barabbas. Who is the greatest? Let's see what nature is being expressed right now. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. All right, so you can see what's happening right now. Yep. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him beside his side and said to them, whoever receives, receives this child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he was the least among you is also the great. All right, God's establishing the rules of a different kingdom here. This is how you overcome this DNA. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. Okay? See this nature expressing itself? Exclusivity, where the in-crew, you know, the out-crew. But Jesus said, do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. And then, the important point here, and these are put together for a reason. Okay, expressing in nature, expressing in nature. And Jesus rebukes. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his, because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven to continue them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. Oh, what translation is that? Okay. But he says, you know not what spirit you're of. Remember that line? It's in the Bible. He rebuked them. You know not what spirit you're of. So what happened is these people uh, didn't receive him, and James and John say, let's cool down fire and punish these people. Yep. A, they knew they could. He didn't say, do you want to do it, Jesus? They said, shall we do it? Yeah. And they wanted to. They're excited about it. How do you feel when you watch the rites? Yeah. You want to call down fire <laughs> on these people? Okay. What nature is being expressed? And Jesus says, you do not know what nature you're of. What spirit you're of? You do not know what spirit you're of. What what options are there? <laughs> there's him, or there's these guys. He's saying, that's these guys. Peter, James, and John both had the DNA of half the time rebuked in them. And those three got to go to see the transfiguration. amazing yeah and what does peter do was transfigured he wants to make a taste touch and see tabernacle (laughs) and he gets rebuked (laughs) okay all right so what's the opposite of cooling down fire what's the opposite of keeping people who aren't in your group from performing miracles which is denominationism what's the opposite of uh trying to be the greatest yep can we go to Acts 6, 8 to 15? This is one of the keys. Mary is missing from our consciousness for reasons we understand, okay? <laughs> we don't understand Mary, but Mary is a spiritual giant. The other spiritual giant we need to understand is Stephen. Yep. And Stephen, full of grace and power, so he's a powerful Christian, Yep, he's a knockout guy. He's doing lots of stuff. Was doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of Cyrenians, and of Alexandria, and those of Sicilia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit of which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, we heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. So, what do they want? Murder. And they stood up the people and the elders and the scribes. They came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses, as per their father, who was a from the beginning, who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place. And changed the customs that Moses delivered to us. and gazing at him, all the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. That's not like oh like a baby's face. Oh, that baby's an angel, okay A messenger from God. What's happening to Stephen right now? He's transfiguring. okay? We're about to find out why. quick go to Acts uh, seven the 51 to 60. The 50 verses that we are skipping is him telling this story. (laughs) Okay. He's telling the story of Israel and how they were promised and they could not couldn't do it. Okay. So he's just told the whole story of the history of Israel whilst transfiguring on the inspiration. we're gonna be able to learn some two very powerful points, okay? you stiff-necked people uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. as your fathers did, so do you, okay as your fathers, your line. which of your which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? and they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. What's he saying? You didn't keep the law. What happens when you don't keep the law? Beings were access to your body. Okay? Now you're of the evil one. Now you're of the watchers. Now you're of the fallen Elohim, like your fathers. So you killed the prophets. That's what that nature does. Now when they, Jezebel killed the prophets, yep, who was her dad? King of Tyre. Remember the King of Tyre. All right, same nature all the way through, and now Stephen is about to come against that nature. In in great form. <laughs> now when they heard these things, and they w- now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He's seeing this. Yep. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So he knows that this, they want to kill him. He says, And I can see God right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just to make sure what he's decided to do is done. He's made a decision. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, okay, killed him, executed him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, like Jesus did. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And there it is. Do not hold this sin against them, the same as Jesus Christ. That, that heart is a transfigured heart. Because that is none of this. We saw what this was. Who's the greatest? Shall we cool down fire? Why are those people performing miracles and not part of our group? Stephen is the opposite. He was performing miracles, great miracles. And here, he lays down his life. Because the Son of God can't be martyred. He can only lay down his life willingly. This is going to be important things to know. You can, like, <laughs> If you have something in common with murder, then murderous people can have something in common with you. But they are love. Love, light, and spirit. They couldn't seize Jesus. The, the, the prince of this world had nothing in common with him. Yeah, Jesus said, you have no authority over me. That's what's given to you. He could call down angels and smash that place. But he didn't. He let the beast touch him. He he let it go right into him and he defeated it. And here is Stephen, who's of that heart. And because he's of that heart, he can walk in great signs, wonders and miracles. Can you imagine the church right now got great power? What would they do with it? Would they lie down their life for their enemies? They'd call down lightning. That's exactly what they do. As their father. Yep. As their father would. Big secrets there. This nature that we're talking about is you. You received it as a free gift. And all you're doing is bring it to your soul, making a free will decision, which brings it into your body. We bring up um, Philippians 2, 5 to 11? Now you know, though. How do you beat this thing? Okay, you have beaten it. You died and rose again with Jesus Christ. And you're born of a different line. You're raised to see in your places. It is finished. The gift has been given to you. How do you bring it to earth? By believing the word are taken the divine nature by divine promises, by good and precious promises. Blessing your enemies. Jesus said, those who love me are those who obey my commands. Okay? There's no difference. He's not saying, if you obey my my commands, that's love, or love, but he's not trying to make a pattern. He's just saying a fact. (laughs) Yeah? Believe my words. If you believe them, you will do them. Believe me. It's my love language. Forgiving your enemy. On the night he was betrayed, he gave up his body. On the night he was betrayed, he washed their feet. Yeah. As he was being murdered, he said, Forgive them, Lord, they know not what they do. What's he doing? He's making a call to this court. Yeah. Afterwards, he found all those who deserted him. And cooked them breakfast on the beach. Restored them. And Levites and Pharisees came to Christ. Yep. Okay. Philippians 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ. Though he was in the form of God, did not account quality with God to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. Right. We all know this. And this is how it's taught to you in church. Have the same mind of Christ, who was like God, but emptied himself, like paraphrased theology, became a servant. You were taught, have the mind of Christ, be a servant. Close. What it's saying is, have the same mind of Christ. Don't grasp equality quality with God <laughs> that's been given to you, <laughs> and be a servant. You see the importance of what's been said there? Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, okay? So this is the mind you should have. Though he was in the form of God, do not account quality with God something to be grasped, but empty himself by taking the form of a servant. That's what is your role. You're going to be divine for a very long, long time, okay? And from here, we serve. But empty himself, taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of a man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed him on him uh, bestowed on him, the name above every name. Okay? So he's gone up here again. So the name of Jesus, every now, knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to so the glory of the Father. That's you. Romans 8 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Why? You're led by the Spirit, you're expressing the nature of your Father. That's what we need to do. So, you know, is your Father, uh, is the Spirit playing to rob the bank today? Okay? Or just, I mean, neither are you. <laughs> What's the Spirit doing? Laying its life down on behalf of another. Calling out the greatness. Calling what is not as if it were. Yeah. Looking at people through your eyes of love through their potential. What were they called to be? What's their call before the foundation? All right. And I'll just run through these just to show you that Jesus finishes up all this. Ephesians one, nineteen twenty-three, that's that's we know that Jesus is above all names, all principalities, all powers. Okay? Once again. Clearing up all these issues here. Ephesians 6.12, powers and principalities, okay? He says, we don't war against flesh and blood, against powers and principalities. What those? These guys, all right? Still hanging around. Okay, so someone's giving you trouble. Is it them? Or is it the powers and principalities, the puppets behind them? That's who we take out. We're finishing the work. We're finishing this off. Yeah, God left some for us to do. We may overcome. And Hebrews two eight, all things are under his feet, and can we bring up one Corinthians six one to three. Six, one to three. Lawsuits against believers. <laughs> When well, one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? He's so saying, you've got a problem with someone. Do you go under this law which is beast-controlled or do you stay amongst the saints who are love-controlled? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Right? That's you. He's saying, why are you going to these judges who are under the beast system when you go with these people who have been trained to judge the world. And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases, low-earthy cases? Do you not know that you are to judge angels? Do you not know? Didn't you read Enoch? (laughs) You're going to judge angels. These angels, okay? And your angels. What were you doing? I'm the Son of God. You start working with your angels. And let's do step one. I've stolen step one from Dr. O. Okay? Because Dr. O says, Would you get Yahweh, the Lord Most High, to clean your toilet? He goes, No. Why are you trying to get him to find your keys or a car park? That's your angels' jobs. Can't find your keys? Just go, Angels, because they exist. Get my keys. Go on with your job and your keys will be there. Start trying it out. Yep. Well, uh, Donna has experienced this and I. <laughs> yep. We're, we're looking at trying to find stuff. We can't find it anywhere. Angels get it. Right, we forget about it. And they're about to go out the door and there it is. Plain as day. Yep. Just start. Because they're there to serve you. But they, don't, they want they're designed to serve your original call the thing you agreed to do before you came here, your first estate, the nature or the manifold wi- uh, wisdom of God that you're to express on the earth, they're there to do that. They're not there for you to be a good Christian, a good American, a good Westerner, a good Baptist, a good Republican, none of those things. You know what those things are. They can only deal with the Son of God. And if you get on with your call, whatever that is, probably the desire of your heart, those angels are there for it. And they operate on the word of God. They love to pursue and perform the word of God. So if you do something that's invisible that works on the promise, they're on. If you do something you do in your own strength, they've got nothing to do with it. You're a spirit being. Do spirit being stuff. Yep. You will judge the angels, these guys, <laughs> and the good guys. Okay. So what you're learning to be is like your father. We know what the father was like. Jesus was the exact representation of the father. Stopped for little children, defended women's rights, looked after the the poor, fought religion ferociously, picked fights with religion over and over again. This is an important point. Because Remember the chocolate? (laughs) Chocolate's not how you want it. You heat it up. You set it and you hold a frame and you set it into that frame. As it cools down, it cools down in the shape you want it to be. I'm not talking about the mold, like shape in the Easter egg, the nature of the chocolate. You heat it up, all the particles melt, the molecular structure melts. As you slowly bring it down, the big particles set first, and the lattice are a perfect shape, Then all the rest of the small parts set around it, you get shiny chocolate that snaps. Yep, that's what conflict is. That's what tension is. That's what Jesus did. Because he's the strongest. He's worked from heaven. And so, he would come into a situation and there was no tension, he'd create it. Because, as a son of God, what's inside him, he's bringing to the outside. But it's not like that now, because there's a structure already in place. Bad chocolate, okay? It's already there in place. It's not how he wants it. So he steps in and creates tension. Raises the temperature. And he stands in that tension. When it sets again, it sets in his shape. Okay? Because as Christians, you are taught to avoid tension. Avoid conflict. Don't confront. Be nice. Turn the other cheek. If you're not choosing to turn the other cheek, then you're not turning the other cheek. Because that's not free will. You must have the power and authority to act or to choose not to, like God. Okay? So, I would never send food back. Ever. Never send food back. Come out, it's a bad meal, it's overcooked or something. You know what? Doesn't matter. I'm not sending this back. I'm the son of the king. I'm wealthy. My life's great. I'll have a mansion or something. (laughs) You know? Life's good. That poor guy out the back, he's probably on $5 an hour, Perhaps his daughter's sick. I don't know what's going in his life. I'm just let it go, okay? Not true. I couldn't send food back, even if I wanted to, because I hated conflict. I hated the tension. I didn't value myself. I wouldn't put my hand up and say, oh, "I'm sorry, this food's overcooked or not cooked or oversalted or something." And then I bring the manager out and I'd say to them. My voice grew go up, oh yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> okay? So I feared it so much, I made a BS belief system that around me, I was being a nice Christian. I was, being, I was turning up the cheek. That's what I was doing. I had a Christian theology around it. I was calling fear love. I was calling death the nature of the coward Satan. I was calling it Christ. When God showed this to me, I know where I was. <laughs> I can remember where I was sitting, and I started sending, sending feedback, and then I got opportunity after opportunity to send feedback. Yeah, and now I can send feedback. And now, if I choose not to, it's a free choice. But when you call it this is love and it's not, you violate your body. Okay. You ever see muscle testing? where you tell a lie, your muscles go weak. Have you ever seen that? All right, let's do it. Mike, do you want to come out here? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you feel you got free will. You cannot go. Yep. All right. Do you want to just um, just put your arm out straight like that? Just straight out like this. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll put some pressure down on your arm, and just enough pressure to hold it up there. Okay, good with that. Okay. So, I want you to think yes, 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 and hold firm. Yep. Now think no, 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 no. Hold firm. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was yeah. You felt it more than they could see it, I think. So, let's put just a little bit. Just, just. What's your balance point there? Just enough that balance. Okay. That's the balance point to be. Yep. Okay. Think. My name is Mike. Or say, my name, is Mike. my name is Mike, hold firm, yep, say, my name is Susan, my name is Susan. hold firm, oh, well, how does it feel to you, does it feel different, so, okay, weird <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, that's right, oh yeah, okay, 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 okay. just put, put, put your arm up, hold firm, hold firm, yep. All right, I am an American, American. hold firm, I'm an Australian, hold firm, (laughs) oh, see that, and I didn't press you any harder, did I, I didn't press you any harder, yeah, and all you said was I'm an American, but it's not true, it violates the energy field, if you're nice, you're dying. Niceness is murder. Niceness is fundamentally dishonest. Because you're not there. If you're not there, Christ is not there. Because you're saying what you believe the other person wants or the other person needs, and it's not you. You're not even there. Someone else is there. Your mum, your church, society. The person you think that person wants you to be is there. It's not you. Okay? And if you're nice all the time, you're untrustworthy because no one knows what you are and what you're doing. Jesus wasn't nice. Your problem is you're nicer than Jesus. That's a big problem. It's it's detestable. Jesus wasn't nice. Jesus used offense as a ministry tool. He offended his mum. He offended his brothers. He offended his 12 disciples. He offended Peter, James, and John. You just saw he offended the Levites. He offended the Romans. He offended everyone. He offended the Syrian woman. Offense. What does offense do? Heats he it up. <makes noise> there's this, uh, I won't mention him, but there's this counselor that I, I saw. I was w- watching him on the video. He does quick transformations on people. I don't know how long they last. He doesn't change their nature. Okay. So the guy there is in a wheelchair and uh, he's saying to the counselor, you know, in front of all these people, in front of a whole stadium. He's like, yeah, no, my life's not that good. You know, I just can't move forward. He's in a wheelchair, you know. And, um, yeah, and I just, you know, I can't get a relationship. I don't know what to do. And the counsellor goes, you got a stupid haircut. He's in a wheelchair. Stupid haircut. The guy's like, what? He goes in and starts helping him. He had to break that field. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, he's so sorry. No one's ever offended him before. Your fence shakes everything up, and he brought in a new frame. set it on a new frame, yeah. Another guy said he wanted to kill himself. And he goes, with well, those stupid sneakers, I'd kill myself too. And the guy's like, yeah, that's not, the, he's wanting, Ah! Oh, and just broke it. I'm not saying do that. It's just an example of, <laughs> that's what Jesus did, broke the frame all the time. What's inside him, what's out there? Hitler did that. What's inside him? It's out there. That's, that's a clear one to see. We're all doing that. If you're not doing that, you're not there. Say it and be wrong. But at least say it. You've got to get out there. Say what you really are thinking and saying. Otherwise, <laughs> it goes in you and it murders you. And it makes you sick and you, you can't hold your arm up. <laughs> your whole frame. So we'll live under that situation. It's called Christianity. Be a son. All right. So... Where were we? So, yeah, so Jesus, yeah, lay down his life for others. Yep. And we see that Moses, like able go in order, Abraham, plead on behalf of the guilty, Solomon and Gomorrah. To God's face, the divine counsel, if I may be so bold. Is he pleading on behalf of the guilty? Yeah, you know, not like California in the sea. Yeah. It's like, if there's one righteous person to save California, so I still might go. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Helen. That wasn't funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there's Moses. And God twice offers him to wipe everyone out and start with him again. And when he's up the mountain on the golden calves, that one, he says, I'd rather I was written the book of life. Like, I will to give it all to you and take it from them. Here's no other way around. Take it from me and forgive them. Yeah? That's a miracle to have that heart. Yeah? And then Jesus, of course. And then Stephen, forgive them. They know not what they do. Not justice, the blood of Abel. A better blood before the foundation of the world that cries out forgiveness. And we know what the blood of Abel was saying. Justice, wipe these people from the earth. And that's what was happening in the Old Testament but Jesus has come and brought a new bloodline in the blood of the Lamb slain before the foundation that brings mercy to all and that's you and you, you sort of look at the TV and you practice practice that go wow they're lost kids or see some terrible perpetrator think what was his childhood like you'll see from God's eyes because that's who you are you're his body on the earth Yeah. And of course, Jesus. Excellent. Guys, we're doing so well. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to land this easy on time. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Good thing I'm humble. It balances it out. All right. <laughs> yes, that's right. Almost that humble. Okay. Antichrist. We will love this term. It's pretty popular. Yep. Okay. So, there's two extremes pretty much in Christianity at the moment. Okay. And there's the tribulation crew. I'm not against the mock, not mocking, attacking any of these. So I'm just saying these are big frames out there. And I believe the tribulation is coming any moment now and that Jesus will return and take us out for the, for the tribulation. Okay? So, so the whole church is going. And so they have a bunker-down mentality. They're so not picking fights with the, with the demons to save the people. They're quatting them both together. Evil people, we're out. So that's not the heart of the Father. So whose heart is it? Okay? I'm not saying the theology. I'm saying the response to that theology. Jesus can come and take us. If, that's the, if that ends up what it is, you know, if you don't believe in the rapture, and you're flying up in the air with everyone, you go, well, I was wrong. Okay? It doesn't matter. It's the heart's response to that, which is that bunker down, escape, and pull out. This evil world, I can't handle this evil world anymore. they buried their gift in the ground. Are they expecting a reward for that? They'll be shocked. They don't know their father. They are saved. They don't know their father, not expressing that nature. Okay? And let's say the other extreme is called a preterism, which means all of the book of Revelation happened by 70 AD, and the Antichrist was defeated. When um, uh, and, the, and that was the Antichrist was the Roman emperor of that time, or a general. They choose one or the other, and then defeated. Yep. And now, we're in the millennial reign. Now, it just describes the time. Well, I thought the millennial reign would be a little bit better than this, <laughs> okay? But, that's, but the point is, it's going to get better and better and better and better, okay? And that's your sole response to that situation. You may be in for a shock. A, you're a bad historian. But B, <laughs> what's going to happen coming up next may not be better in millennial reign terms. It may, if you're in a church mindset... Get a lot worse. You won't be ready for it. Won't prepared yourself, because the Antichrist is a seed line. Yep. It resists the Christ, resists the Messiah. Yep. It, it resists the good Son, the true Son of a loving Father. That's what it's against. And it repeats itself over and over again. You saw it over and over again in the Old Testament. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Everyone must worship this thing. That's it. That's that seed line. Yep. And they said, God will save us. If he doesn't, he's still the Lord Most High. Yep. That's perfect. That's great. We have God's a loving Father. And this is what he will do. If he doesn't do that, I promise you, he's still a loving Father. That's our heart. Yep. Okay. So there's many antichrists. Let's look uh, 1 John 2, 1 John 2, 18. Children, it is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know it's the last hour. Okay? So there is probably going to be an Antichrist, because... That seed line must come to its full head, be pulled out. Okay? But outside of that, it's a pattern that repeats itself. Okay? If you were in Germany, you didn't join the National Socialist Party, you couldn't buy, sell, or trade. If you were in Russia, you didn't join the Communist Party, you couldn't buy, sell, or trade. If you're in countries country South Australia, where my, I told you before, and you weren't part of the Freemasons, you couldn't have a business. You were invited to things. You can have court cases. It's the same system. And now, in China, they've got a social credit score. Where well, if you don't obey the government, and speak well of them at all times, your social credit score goes down, and you lose your job. And you can't catch the train. And you can't get a loan. And you're tracked by your phone, and they're in their social credit score to get certain things. Yep, it's control. And all it's doing is using the technology that's available. And that's what's going to happen again. And right now, it's having a good hard shot at it. Yeah? Okay? There's nothing to fear. 1 John 4, 1-4. to four. Test the spirits. Beloved, first one was the children, now it's the beloved, okay, this is good. (laughs) Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world, many. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Which you ever heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and overcome them. You've already overcome. Okay? That's your nature. But he who is in you is greater than he is is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Okay? It doesn't matter if it's a little Antichrist, me Antichrist, supersized Antichrist. It doesn't matter. But here's a good point. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Okay? The Antichrist can't say that because it's the record. Here is a point that we'll be making. The only Antichrist you need to worry about is the Antichrist in you. That's it. You have to worry about your president or the opposition or that guy or that guy. Or that tech guy or that industrial guy. Don't have to worry about those guys. You want nothing in common. The thing in you that says murder, revenge, or lie, and being nice is lying. Murder, revenge, those are, it's religion, it's of the devil. It's a control mechanism. You're not you. You can't be you, you can't be Christ you, yeah. That's what getting rid of. The only issue is the antichrist in you. The Pope they consider the Antichrist. And maybe that system is, I'm not here to comment on that. But Luther said the only Pope the only great Pope I'm worried about is the great Pope in me. Yeah? So he's directly referring to this issue. What's in you? Yep. Yeah. If you're love, you're a life giving spirit, fine. You have nothing in common. You bless your enemies the opposite to this father here. I found this quote, and I lost it. I found it again. I lost it again. <laughs> but it does exist. Spurgeon said, Spurgeon's only problem is Spurgeon. Yeah. And that's the idea of it. This is, this is my only problem. Chris's only problem is Chris. I have a problem. Well, <laughs> my only problem is me. What's engaging me, you know? Uh, Why am I upset? Why am I triggered? If I was Christ, that thing is triggering me. I wouldn't be triggered if the love of the Father was in that area of my life. Yeah. And that's, oh, wow. That's interesting. (laughs) So what do you do? You come in the opposite. You come in the kingdom. You come in the way of your Father. What happened when people rebelled on Him? He laid His life down for them. Before the foundation, He laid His life down for them. That's you. That's your nature. The night he was betrayed, he gave up his body and washed their feet. Now you know, that's you. That's your true nature. That's what you do. And that removes this. And you got nothing in common. You've overcome the world. You've overcome the world, the earth, the soil, that record in you. Yep. You're one God. You're like your Father in heaven. We all know the story of uh, Revelation 2 and 3, the letters to the church. So Here's a thing that was always known in the church. Now it's gone. Not some amazing revelation I've discovered and pulled out. It's just something we always knew. Revelation 2 and 3, the letters to the church, rewards those who overcome. Yep, we all know that story. That's those guys who changed their DNA. The seven that overcomes there, are changing your DNA. They're the things that man needs to overcome. So we're going to pull up that first picture there. And I, I took this, um, these pictures from a <laughs> group called Active Christianity. I don't know who they are, but they, got, they had some cool pictures. There's seven promises for overcoming. And you can go read the book of Revelation and see what, what was good and against them. And Jesus is talking to them, okay? These are New Testament verses, talking to the church. You know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's written to Christians. It's not a salvation verse. It's written to the church, yep. It is written to church. But these are the... <laughs> that's pretty small. <laughs> that's a tree of life. <laughs> okay. Here's a promise for those who overcome. You can go read read it for yourself. Blessed is the person who reads this book. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the church the saying says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay? We can go back through that flame, eat the tree of life, and live forever. It's great to overcome. And, uh, previous generations maybe had to Overcome out of the love of God, well, this, this stick and this carrot, okay, a stick might be coming, <laughs> all right? What an opportunity to become love, to start forgiving. So eat from the tree of life, that's a good one. Number two, oh, that's bigger. <laughs> the, second, the second, overcome, he who has an ear, let me hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who ever comes shall not be hurt by the second death. Well, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Jonathan. Thank, <laughs> thanks so much. Look at, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be safe. All right. There's no judgment. You've overcome. There's nothing in your body. Okay. There's nothing. You are like him. Your DNA has changed. You are a loving father. All right, number three. (laughs) All right. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. I wonder. That would be amazing. And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Forever, you have a secret name between you and him. This is for he who overcomes. Not for he who is saved. Okay? It's for he who overcomes. Now, someone says, Jesus overcame for me, so I'm, I'm overcome. I say, well, did Jesus clean his teeth for you? <laughs> like, do you have to not clean your teeth anymore? Like, that's a, a logical fallacy, is what I'm saying. There's a, there's a chance to respond to the gospel. This great gospel will given. It's become like Stephen. He got given great power. He wasn't used to crush people. In fact, he laid his life down for people. I'm not interpreting these things like the white stone. I'll you, that's between you and God. Okay, number four. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I'll give the power over all the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father I will give him the morning star these are big promises when it says he shall rule with a rod of iron for him overcomes Jesus is quoting a messianic psalm psalm 2 I believe from memory so a psalm about the Messiah he's quoting about you he's taken this messianic psalm and said that's yours now it you spoke of me I found myself in the scriptures and now it speaks of you Jesus had to overcome and that's how we walk the same walk as Jesus we find ourselves in the scriptures we believe it and commit our spirits to God he will do it he is faithful this is what the church used to know okay yeah this is this is church knowledge <laughs> number five he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I would not blot out his name from the book of life. Wow. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Okay. Jesus is going to talk about you here. He's doing, remember David said, I will not keep quiet in the assembly. Okay. About you, Lord. Favor's being returned. God's going to confess your name before God and all those beings around there. How? By becoming like your father, that's overcoming. You can read these are more specific, like um like tolerating Jezebel. Jesus says, You're a great church, you're amazing. But this I have against you, you tolerate Jezebel. Not celebrate, not act not worship, you let it be there. You cannot tolerate manipulation and control and the killing of the prophets. And Jezebel's not necessarily female. It just is in that character story. Yep. The sixth promise. He who comes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. Oh, my goodness. You'll be in the presence of God forever. Yep. This is better than having a mansion in the other courts, if you want to look at it that way. Better as one day in that house. Yeah, than any place elsewhere. I will be a sweeper in the court of God. For he who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I'll write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. So you get your new name, and you get Jesus' new name. Yeah? And the city, Jerusalem, is the city of God, okay? This is his city. There's lots of cities going on, lots of things going on in what's to come. And you can be in the presence of God, a pillar in that house, forever, by blessing your enemies, while they're killing you. (laughs) You don't have to, not exactly, you know, by someone speaking against you. Anything. You're speaking against you. <laughs> it's judgment. You can overcome in that moment. Number seven, last one. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So Jesus said, I overcame and I sat down with my father on his throne then you get to sit with me on my throne. There's no girly bride chair. Okay? We sit on his throne. There's only one throne. Not throne for the bride, but he who overcomes sits on Christ's throne. (laughs) A lot more I could say about that. But more you're on the naughty preachers list. (laughs) I'll ask you a question. Just don't put your hands up. Who is going to be uh, a wedding guest at the Feast of the Lamb? Think about that. Yes or no? Okay. He made a decision on that. So who's going to be a wedding guest? Okay. And who's going to be the bride? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Jesus is coming back for a bride. He will not be unevenly yoked. It looks like him. You can take this land. He has said, this he wants for you. You can do it. All right. Cool man. Ah, oh, we're done so well. All right. How are we going? Good? It's been five days of teaching and new concepts and new neural pathways as thin as a hair. OK? But your glial cells <laughs> are myelinating new networks. They're going to become super highways. Yep. yeah. Okay. We bring up 1 John six forty-five to 48. This is it. God wants to be believed in his word. So what I'm going to talk about now, I'll finish off by talking about the invisible word, the invisible God. This is a concept that we need to understand. God is invisible. He's asking you, "Will you love me for who I am?" I'm an invisible God who expresses Himself as Word, and we just want manifestation. we think it's be better that Jesus stayed. You know, it's better that I left that you believe my Word and my Spirits with you. You can't taste, touch. You know, it's not a taste, touch, feel thing. The Spirit. He reminds you of Word, and that's who God is. Saying, will you love me? If you get it by the word, then no flesh is involved. It's received as a gift. You believe the word, your angels go on to work because they love to perform the word. And you live as a spirit being, as you will for all your life. And in doing that, which is to obey the spirit, you mortify the flesh. You become a son of God. You live as a son of God, mature son of God. It overrides you. If you let a promise go through which requires patience as opposed to reach with your own hand, which is the opposite of patience, or as Cupid say, wrath, reach with your own hand reaching with your own hand is the original problem believing the word fixes it up now jesus has fixed it up for us forever but you want that to come to earth you will incarnate the word by patience you believe it god will do it you go to bed you wake up it grows first the stalk then the head then the grain you just wait for the word to do the work no flesh and it comes from another place it doesn't matter if there's a four-hour lineup at walmart your store comes from another place. In fact, you're the reserves for other people. Okay. It is written in the prophets. Oh, yeah. And they will be taught by God. Wow, we don't even believe that, do we? Right. That's Jeremiah 31, 31. That's the New Testament, New Covenant. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly true, I say to you, Whoever believes has eternal life, I'm the bread of life. Nobody has seen the Father. Okay? We're seeing glory bodies. Okay? But no one has seen the Father except Jesus. We can bring up Deuteronomy 4, 15 to 20. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. Since you saw no form, okay, nothing is to taste, touch, and see. On the day of the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out in the midst of the fire. Beware lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourself in the form of any figure. Okay? Because you saw no form. You did not want to believe the word. You couldn't believe a word. So you saw no form, so you made something. That's what we do. That's that's the same process now. Yep. In the likes of any figure, male or female, the likes of any animal that is on the earth, and any winged creature that flies in the air, etc. The likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likes of any fish, water the earth da, da, da. And beware, lest you raise your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon, the stars, the hosts of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to the peoples under the whole heaven, but the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace out of Egypt, be a people His own inheritance, as you are this day. So Elohim saying, I've chosen you. Okay, you were you used to your your dad was Torah, used to worship idols. And I chose you, Abraham, an idol worshiper, to say, I'm the real God. Leave your land, always leave the land, pick a fight, get some new land. with those those guys, okay? he says, but you saw no form. You didn't love me for who I am. You made something. Yep. It goes on to talk about how God's jealous of idols. You read that forward. He calls it jealousy. He doesn't say it's a sin. doesn't say it's a crime, okay? doesn't say it's a moral failure. He's jealous. He wants their heart to believe him for who he is. Don't make an idol. It's another lover. That's the words he always uses. Yep. All right. Go to Exodus 32, 1. Exodus 32, 1. We're just seeing Old Testament and New Testament. It's the same issue. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, it's taking too long. How is the promise received? By faith and patience. Yep. Okay. Patience is the opposite of the flesh. In fact, the longer it takes, we'll learn in a minute, the better it is for your emotions. (laughs) Yeah? That patience is is the heat. Heat's the chocolate to set it. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of Egypt, land of, land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Okay? Pa- no patience. They saw no form. They wanted idols. They couldn't wait long. They wanted idols. That's us. Dealing with the word. Okay? We see this, we go, don't do it. Okay? That's us. Don't do it. Don't reach for something. Rely on the promise. Now at the moment, we've got lots of options. We live within our faith. That's Okay? Some of those options for life may be taken from us. Some things may not be available. We used to have availability too that were sources for us. Great opportunity to start living more and more by our promise than by taste, touch, and see. Yep. All right. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4. Okay. Okay. This is it. If you live by the promise, the Antichrist has nothing in common with you. If you live by a promise, there's no fear of death. Okay? Fear of death is of the evil one. By the promises of the nature of the Father, living by a word, if the word will produce the fruit. Then what does he have? Oh, I'm going to take away your food, your business, your job, I'm taking your cash away. That's what are doing now? <laughs> It doesn't matter. If the risen Christ was here, would he be worried that it's no cash? He never recognized lack. Neither do you. He never recognized death. Neither do you. Like my dream. What are the gates of hell? Anything to do with death. We only speak life. And God will deliver you and give you life. And if he doesn't, he's still the loving father. I believe your word. Into your hands I commit my spirit. He couldn't raise himself. He relied on the, on the nature of the Father, who he said he was. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Here's a word to believe. all things pertaining to life. So it doesn't matter what happens. Your soul might shake, it's attached to a few systems and your body's attached to a few systems, great opportunity all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted us His precious and very great promises, so that through them, through what? Promises. God's promise is Him. Remember His word is His deed? Okay, from from Book of Enoch, not Scripture. But it's true. His word is His deed. There's no separation between the two. If he says it, it is. That's how he revealed himself. A promise is him. When you don't believe his word, you actually don't believe him at his core nature. The one who loves you, he's a wild lover. And he wants to be known for who he is. And then we reach for another something else, a fallen substitute that has death woven into it. He wants us to live by his promise, by his word. But which he has granted us, his precious promises, and very great promises, his precious and very great promises, so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of divine nature. Is there a greater thing? Not when you die and go to heaven. Now, how? By believing a word. When the word does the work, when the word produces, okay, you partake in the divine nature. Having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. People worry about, oh, the world's going to get worse. It's getting corrupt, sinful desire. You can escape it by believing promises. Let's put up Hebrews 11, verse 5. Just to tie this all back to where we started. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Remember Enoch? He started following God after he had a son. This is how father loves. He got it. He called God good. Made a declaration on God's character. So, this means Adam could have gone back into Eden. Because his great, 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 seventh grandson did. He called God good. Because he pleased God. What pleases God? Faith. Faith. Believing a word. Alright. Turn off my alarm here. Perfect. We're going to believe a word. And this is how it works. The enjoyment is in the fact that that is God's nature. Kirby, in explaining this, said, if you know Kirby's story, he wasn't necessarily a good boyfriend or a good husband. Yep. And um, he, he's very clear on that, and sometimes very clear on that. <laughs> yeah. And um, at one of his birthdays, Fiona says, I'm going to bake you a cake. Okay? And I don't think Fiona's a, a cakey type of person. And he was so amazed... That his wife was the type of person that would bake him a cake. She said, I'm going to bake you a cake. He's like, My wife is going to bake me a cake on my birthday. He couldn't believe That's amazing to him. He learned something about her nature. He never knew this. And she's going to go do it. She's going to bake him a cake. And he enjoyed the fact that that was his wife's nature. Whether or not she she cooked the cake or not didn't matter to him. Okay? Because humans maybe don't get around to it. The point is, that was her nature. He enjoyed the fact that was her nature. The promises, if you love the promise, you enjoy the promise, it's yours forever. I don't want to say people's full names. I don't want to associate them with my teaching in case they don't want to be associated with me. <laughs> but I want to give honour where honour due. So I'm always in this balance here, okay? So a guy called Ian, a guy called Joseph, both bring up this point. When you receive a miracle, that's the last time you can enjoy that promise. I was like, "What? That doesn't make sense to me." But that's the last time. Once that word has collapsed into wave, into frequency, into for, into particle. Once you've seen it, once it's materialized, okay, it's done. It means great, and that's also good. Okay, God answers our prayers and we have great joy. Okay, He loves to give us the answers to our prayers. But He's saying, but that's also the last minute you love the fact you enjoy the promise. If you, by faith, you faith in the Mercedes, 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 Mercedes. whatever verse you're using, okay, if you say it, you've got it, whatever it is, you know, you will see that thing, etc., etc. And it, you pray and maybe you're fasting for it, Mercedes comes. Ah, oh, Mercedes. Is here. And someone says, "But you need to pay tax on that, and then you insure it. Oh, you need another ten grand. Faith, faith, faith. That comes in. Oh, but then sorry. now you need to pay for it, and then you need to pay for its repairs, and then you need to pay for its petrol. You got faith that in. Yep. Or your kid gets sick, and you pray, believe, 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 and you fast and fast, and the kid gets better. Booh, gets better. Oh, Thank you, Lord. And kid comes in. Oh, I'm sick too now. Okay? You're looking for the manifestation. Your heart is in the collapsed particle. Your heart is in the idol of the answered prayer. You want something to taste, touch and see. I'm talking about that's your source of your joy. That's the source. I'm saying that's the source. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's twisted. Yep. Yeah. Remember the, twi- the twisting in the Garden of Eden? It was beautiful to look at, useful to eat. The devil saw it was useful to eat, beautiful to look at. Twisted it. Yep. Yeah. I saw the, a horrible thing in Israel today. I saw a slave riding a donkey while the prince walked beside him. So I'm saying, that's twisted. That's a horrible thing. Something's out of order here. That's out of order. The answer, if the answer is your joy, if the answer is the evidence of God's love for you. Okay, it's now an idol that's become your source and that will hurt you. If you get it, Ah, then you can't do it again. But if your source, if your joy is loving the fact that God is the type of guy that would do that for you, and that's your joy, then you're in joy forever. Because you love his nature, not his act. And this is the rest. This is the difference. This is son of God faith. You know the faith, okay? This is faith. We love his word. We love his promise. And we enjoy it. We enjoy the promise. We enjoy his word. And so if you believing, you love the fact that God would get you a new car, and you love that about him, when a new car comes, you go, oh, no. You still love who he is. You love who he is. And if your kid is sick, but you know that God is the type of God that that has healed your child, okay? And when he's better, that kid comes in sick, nothing changes. You love him for who he is. If you love him for who he is, that word, that undoes all of this in your soul and your body. It's been done in your spirit. Done. Perfect. It is finished. But believe in the word that patience, patience, heaven loves patience. God, when are you going to do this? In 7,000 years. Awesome. That's so wise. They love it. So do you. You actually love patience. It's the fruit of the Spirit in you. It's, it's the same as love. Love, Patience. Patience. You love it. You just enjoy the word. That's who he is. Forever. Could we get frustrated. I haven't seen that manifest in my life. But your God is the type of God that would do that for you. It's based on his character alone. You love his word, he has nothing to do with you. It's just received. You love his word. What's having word is seed. That frequency is going in you and overriding all these things. And you are transfigured. Your body has changed. You've incarnated the Word. The The Scriptures speak of you. Yeah? And God is the type of God that always performs His Word and He will do it. And if He doesn't, you know, by our understanding or timing, whatever, He's still that God. Into your hands I commit my spirit. All right, let's pray. You are a loving Father, the loving Father. We declare it in the assembly. You are the loving Father. We have no fears of the day to come. You have overcome the world. He uh, in us is greater than he is in the world. We are your loved little children. The beloved, we are the children, we are the beloved of God. We are safe. And we look at our bodies and we say to our body, Christ has come in the flesh. Christ has come in the flesh. Lord, I speak over these people here. and I declare over them, you are an overcomer. You'll walk in the fullness of the stature of Christ in your lifetime. You will Overcome like Revelation says seven times. Perfect overcoming. You will sit on the throne of Jesus the same way he sat on his father's throne. I'm declaring it. Mark these people. Our angels, we honour you. And we're going to start living by the word. And God's going to teach us. You're going to bring us into situations where we have a chance to live by the word. And each child the way they should go. You know our souls. You know our histories. And you'll take each one the way we should go. We're going to love you for who you are without form. You saw no form. With patience, invisible God, no one seen you except Jesus himself has seen the Father. And we love that about you. We love that about you. We love the way you revealed yourself. We love your heart. We love that idolatry is adultery to me. We love that about you, that you love us so much. We love it, Lord. We love you for who you are. And we love that we're in your image. We want to grow up and be exactly like you. I speak over these people, every word they've heard. I speak over this series, Lord, that's been put out there. I ask that you just cleanse it through and be heard with a good heart and understood. And where I've expressed it uh, clumsily or otherwise, I know, Holy Spirit, you can make up the gap. And I honour these people for being a landing place. Their bodies have heard the word, a landing place to restore this truth that's always been known. And I say this gospel will bear fruit a hundredfold in their lives. Father, we choose to be like you. we going to lay our lives down on behalf of the guilty, bless those who persecute us and pray that they not be Their sins may not be held against them. And that nature comes from you. And we can take this land you have given it to us. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you for the blood, the lamb slain before the foundation. Amen. Amen. So the final F. (laughs) Final F is the new foundation. a new foundation while we yet sons what we will become we do not know thank you everyone very very good